The scripture for tonight is found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. When you have it, write amen. Give a little hand emoji. Give a little heart. Let me know that you're with us, connected family, so we know that we're all here. And as I'm being told, some of you guys are ready with your word. I will be reading from the NIV version if you guys want to go to the NIV. Um, but the word of the Lord reads like this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from the heavens, I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Tonight, Wildfire Church, more than a preaching, I want to have a conversation with you about what God wants to do and what God is saying right here, right now, in 2020. This in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 was a very important time for Solomon. Solomon has just built a temple for God. Before this, God was dwelling among the people in tents. God had chosen Solomon to build a house for the Lord, a permanent house for God. And as they were finishing and they were going to consecrate the temple, Solomon prayed a prayer that this house will be a house for God to live in, a house where his people, God's people, you, may go and worship God and pray. That if anybody will pray in this temple, God will be able to hear them and forgive them. And it's very interesting for me that after this happened, after Solomon prayed this prayer, this was the response of God. And it's very curious to me as why did God say to Solomon, after he built the most wonderful temple made out of gold, made out of all the finest materials, why did God respond to Solomon in this way? I want you to read it one more time very carefully because this is what God said right after Solomon finished, right after the people were gathered, right when they were praying or celebrating and worshiping God. This is what God said. Go with me again to verse 13. God said this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land, or send plague among my people. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from the heavens. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. What does this mean? It means that God knew that even though the people built the temple, that even though the people were going and loving God, 
God knew that there was going to come a time where they were going to turn away from him. God knew there was going to come a moment when they forgot about him. God knew that the people were going to begin to think about themselves and not remember God. People were going to go and make a name for themselves. People were going to go make businesses. People will start to glorify themselves. People will start to stop believing in God. And God said this because he was speaking about the future, just like we are right now. This verse that we just read was God speaking about these times right now, March 2020. That when we started, he was saying in this word that my people have forgotten about me. That the sins of this world was going to come crashing down on us. I want to share some information. I mean, up to date with everything that's going across the world, paying attention as I pray for the world. And as the world continues to shut down, we are seeing things that we have never seen before. And I explain myself. Before all this happened, before the world shut down, we continue to see the destruction of the world. We continue to see the pollution, the murders, the robbing, the thievings. We continue to see how sin was all across the world. We begin to see how people begin to turn away from God. The pollution of this world was literally taking our breath away. People had to wear masks and shine out to go to work because of the pollution, allergies, everything. The world was crying out. The world, the creation, was crying out to God because of the sin of me and you were going everywhere. And this is what God was talking about. That if we let our sin and our pride in this moment, in the moments past, go everywhere we go, where we go, when we turn around and we back away, when we forget that there is a God, then all this stuff started to happen. Then all of this began. We started to see the world shake. We started to see fires spread. We started to see the impossible. And as of 20, January 1st, 2020, we saw a new virus that plagued China and spread across the world. This is the consequences of our sin. This is our consequences of our obedience, disobedience. This is what happens when we turn away from God. This is what God was saying right here. That if this happens, if earthquakes came, if fires came, if viruses come, that there was only one way for us to be saved. There was only one way for our land to heal. And it was my people, us, Christians, gather around the world. If we pray and kneel down and pray to our God, but not only prayer, if we turn away from what we're doing, if we stop gossiping from one another, if we stop talking about one another, if we stop robbing, we should start thieving, we should start killing, if we stop sin and we remember God, He will heal our land. Humans, our sins, our ego, our pride. 
as I kept on looking around the world family right now in this moment China, Italy the streets are empty the streets are, are, are desolate but if you look right now they took a picture of the world of China the pollution in China is gone for the first time in years, the earth is breathing again. Life is beginning again because of our fault, because we turn away from God. Because instead, like God told Adam to take care of the Garden of Eden, to take care of what he has given us, we had done the opposite. We didn't follow God and we started to destroy it. I challenge you. Go look at the pictures of the pollution right now in China. They're almost gone. It's almost zero pollution. The air is clean. Right now, if you go through the canals, the rivers of Italy, right now when you look at a picture, the rivers are clean crystal no trash no anything some of them are saying they're beginning to see fish life once again why did i why am, what are, what are you saying pastor mike what i'm saying is this that the land itself the earth itself cried out to god because we humans forgot to cry out for god because we humans forgot to pray. Because we gave more importance to the things that we wanted than the plan that God has for us. Now in this moment, you might be scared and wondering oh, what is going on, what is happening? Am I gonna get affected? Am I gonna die? What has happened? The news are just giving more and more death tolls. There's more death, there's more death. And we don't believe on the news. We are wise to know what's happening, but we don't believe. We believe in our God. That He is our healer. That there is a name above all names. That there is no one like you. Church, where you're at right now, I know it's a scary time. I know that you're locked up and with your, with your family together, but I'm telling you, that you are more free than you have ever been in your life. Because what God is doing is reminding you to remember your family first. The first institution, the first ministry that God put on this earth was your family. And we've forgotten about that. We went to make money, we went to make name for ourselves, and we forgot about family. And God is bringing it all back together. God is enclosing you, forcing you to stay with your family. To remember the first ministry. To remember him. And as we close and, and things are wasted and we don't find refuge and we don't find what to do, we are reminded one more time that God is telling you that I am your provider, church. He wants to remind you of the promises of God. Your family, your kids, your wife, 
your mom, your dad, your brother and sister. It is pride and ego who have teared us apart. It is pride and ego who has led us to this moment. And God keeps reminding us of our first ministry. I want you to look at your family right now, whoever is next to you, to your kids, to your mom, to your dad. When was the last time you sat down with your kids and talked to them? When is the last time you played with them? When is the last time you prayed with them? Not somebody else. When is the last time you sat down at a meal together? When is the last time you opened the Bible? This is what God wants to do, church. We focus on the negative, but we don't see what we have right in front of us. We need to focus family. It is a time of family. It's not the time to be worrying about money or what will happen because our Lord is our provider. Our Lord is the one who will make a way where there is no way. Our focus right now more than ever, church, is about family. It's about unity. It's about us. The verse says, if my people who are called by my name, if we stop division, whether Pentecostal, baptism, Catholic, if we stop dividing the name of Jesus, and we come together as one family, one people redeemed by his blood, if we call unto his name, he will heal our land. He will heal our land. Not our government, not our leaders, not the scientists. Our God, our Father, our Savior. More than 2,000 years ago, He gave His life to kill the most deadly virus known to man. Sin and death. Right now we are faced again with death. But there's one who conquered the grave. There's one who conquered death. There is one who did not turn away in the darkest hour. That while he was being crucified, that while he was being mocked, while he stirred death into the face and darkness, he said, Forgive them, Father, for they not know what they do. Forgive them because they have forgotten about me. Forgive them for they turned away from me. Forgive them because they think about themselves. But he did not stop there, church. At the last breath, at the last minute, he said, it is finished. It is finished. He gave his life. For you and for me. But I have good news for you, church. It did not stop there. Death could not conquer him. The grave cannot hold them. And when everybody seemed that it was done, when everybody seemed that it was finished, that everybody in the world was crumbling down because the thought of a Savior was dead, 
on the third day the grave gave away to the stone and the savior of the world stepped out met with his people you know what the first thing he did when he saw his people he said look at my scars look at what I have been through church the world right now will forever be changed we will not be the same we are going to be left with scars we are going to be left with marks but those are not signs that you're defeated. Those are signs of victory. Because he had conquered it. Because he's alive. That throughout the pain, that throughout the scars, that throughout the troubles, that throughout everything that is going on, there is victory still in his name. He is still alive. He conquered the grave. And he will conquer again. If you believe with me, church. If you believe with me, I want to share with you also something for you found in Isaiah 43 too. Isaiah 43, I want you to look, I want you to go and look for it. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. And this is in regard to what's happening now. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of everything that is going on. I want you to know what the promises of God is. I want you to look it up. Isaiah 43, verse 2. When you have it, say amen. And I know I have people letting me know that when you have it, send an emoji, send a heart. Isaiah 43, 2. And I'll be reading from the NIV version. Amen. Isaiah 43, 2 says this. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I want you to think about that. And I'm going to read it one more time. Because it has to do what is happening right now. Isaiah 43.2 says this. When you, church, Pass through the waters. I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. What does this mean to you? I'm going to break it down for you, church. The first says this. When you pass through the waters, when you pass through trouble, mentally, waters just mean just thoughts and situation and anxious and depression. When you pass through the moments of this pre the depression, when you pass through the moment where you're scared, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know the decision that's going to happen, the Lord says, I will be with you. In the middle of your depression, in your middle of your anxiety right now, the Lord is saying to you, I am with you. Remember what this is all about, church. It's about remembering turning back to him.
It's about again recognize who he is. So in the middle of your anxiety and your depressions, in the middle of the water, he's saying, I will be with you. Now look what he says again. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. What does that mean? That the problems of this world, that the amount of burdens that you have, you feel, that not having a job, that being locked up, all these situations that you can't control, they will not go over you, meaning that they will not overcome you. Meaning that they will not overtake you. Meaning that <laughs> there is nothing that will defeat you. That is a promise. And the last one that has to do with this virus right now. He's saying, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. When you pass through this fire, when you pass through this epidemic, when you pass through, through contamination, when you pass through all this virus, they will not touch you. They will not even be able to smell anything around you. He is with you. But there's a key word, church. He's saying right now, when you walk through the fire, Meaning that you're not standing, not doing anything. You're going through it. We are going through it, church. Right now, we are going through this. It's going to happen. We cannot push it away. We cannot take it away. We are going through it. But there is a promise that you will not be burned. Church, I declare that for your life right now. You will not be burned. You will not be touched. The virus shall not touch you or your house or your family or your sons or your daughters or your grandmothers or your grandfathers or your uncles or your aunts because the word of God saying that even when we're walking through it, even when we're going through it, it shall not be burned. The miracle of God, the, the praise of God, the, the, the presence of God will come upon your life and the blood of the Lamb will come for you but we need to recognize that he's in our midst we need to recognize in his presence I want to break it a little bit more down I'm almost done the word of God says fire water I want to talk to you about a man who went through waters and that is found in Genesis chapter 5 32 it's a whole story about Noah. Noah went through a flood. Noah went through waters. What do you mean? The whole world, listen, the whole world was going to be exterminated. The whole world was going to be finished. When the waters came and it swept the people and people were dying left to right, God saved a man of faith. God saved somebody who remembered him. God saved somebody who believed in him. Why? Because when you believe in a God, when you believe in his name, he will not forsake you. He will always be with you. And when Noah went through the waters, God covered him. God protected him. And nothing happened. I don't know about you, 
But I'm telling you, listen to the, what's happening. And what this is saying, what Noah went through, this exact thing that we're going through. Listen, the animals are not being infected by this virus. Know that Noah, all those animals were protected by God. And the people who believed in God were protected by God. So what am I telling you? That right now these animals are not being affected by a virus. And you who are called by his name will be protected by God. God is doing something in our midst. God is beginning to do something. And Noah was part of it. I want you to go through me again. Through a person who went through the fire. Go with me to Daniel 3. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel was a man who was, who was of faith, who believed in God about everything else. But Daniel was challenged. The king has said that whoever did not bow down to him or pray to him shall be killed. And what happened? In Daniel was written account of four men who did the same thing as Daniel. Who would not bow down. Who would not worship the king. The king took those men put them inside a furnace of fire they crank up the heat and they burned all around them the world was ending all around them but when the king looked he looked inside and saw that there was not four people but there was five there was one who looked like the son of man, the son of God. And they were walking through. What does this mean to you right now, church? It means that in the middle of this fire, of this disease, of this virus, what's happening right now is this. That there's going to be a moment where the government and the president and our leaders will look upon the Christian and say, why are they not touched? Why they have not overtaken them? It's because there's one walking among you right now. It's because God is in your midst. God is with you where you are right now. And the flames will not touch you. The flame did not touch these people. And when everything was done and the door was open and they would be able to come out, they came out in victory. They came out saying, my God did this. Church, when, when this all happens, when this ends and we come out, you need to come out proclaiming that God did this. That God is all the glory. To him, all the glory. Because he kept you safe. Because he kept you healthy. Because he protected you. Just like these men. One last one, church. And I want you to go with me to one more person who endured through a lot more than we did. And that is found in John 20. You can write it down. You can read it later. John 20, verse 1 through 18. This is what it said. This is the story of a man who was dead and on the third day resurrected from the death. 
This is the man who was enclosed by the tomb, who did not have any way out, who gave his trust to God, believing that the spirit that was in him will resurrect it back into life on the third day. And I'm telling you, church, that the tomb could not hold this man. Not the closed door, not death, not sickness could not hold them. And he had victory on the third day. There is no coincidence, church, that when all this had started, started in January 1st, 2020, when China saw the mass amount of people getting infected, it is March 2020, the third month of this year. And finally, China is not seeing any more people getting infected. The plague has stopped in China. The new hospitals that were built, they're getting shut down. People are going home. Third month, three days in the grave. There is no coincidence in God. They went through the fire. They went through the water. And we are going through it, church. But on the third day, you will have victory. We will have victory. This is not the end. This is not where the world comes and falls apart. This is the time when we come together. This is the time when we pray. This is the time when we unite. When my people who are called by my name come to me, pray, I shall heal their land and their sins. As I'm about to finish, go into worship and altar call. I want to give a challenge to the church. I want to challenge you. I was talking to one of my friends. He's a man of prayer. He's a man who I have seen that God has used them a lot in prayer of healing people and who have God who have revealed them what's to come. As I began to speak to him, he said, Michael, I believe that God is calling us to him. I believe God is shouting out to us to get our attention. I believe this is a time for us to pray. And we came up with this challenge. I want you to write this down. I want you to do whatever it takes, but we will go through it. This is the challenge that I'm setting Wildfire Church, set to your family, set to the people around you, set to the, to the community. This is the name of the challenge. I want you to write it down, church. I don't want you to forget. The name of this challenge is called the lion's den. The lion's den. Write it down. I'm going to wait. The lion's den. What does that mean, the lion's den, Michael? It means that at a point, Daniel was taken into a cave of lions where they were going to devour him and eat him and finish him up. They locked him up there with no possible way out. With no way to go, 
just to his death. That's all he kind of knew. Right now we're in desperate times. We're shut and death is all around us. Look what Daniel did. While he was in the den, he believed God and he prayed to God. And those lions who were going to devour him, who were going to kill him, God shut the mouth of those lions. And he did not die. What does this challenge do? What do we have to do, Pastor Mike? This is very simple. The lion's den challenge consists of this. Three times a day, church, you will pray. Three times a day, you will stop whatever you're doing and you will pray. Three times a day, I'm challenging you to go to that secret place and to pray for the world, to pray for God to heal our land, to pray for God to do a miracle in our midst. Again, I am going to repeat this. The lion's den challenge is this. Three times a day, wherever you're at, <laughs> there's nothing to do. God wants you to be home. Three times a day, you will kneel down, you'll stop everything and pray. You'll go to your secret room and you will pray for God to heal our land, for God to heal our people, for God to forgive our sins through Jesus. Three times, morning, afternoon or lunchtime, at night, go to your secret place. This is the verse. My people who are called by my name pray. Seek me and pray. I will heal their land. I challenge you, church. This is the moment. I challenge every churches. Share this with everybody. That we forget what denomination we have. That we forget if we're black, white, whoever we are. That we forget and we come together. We turn our hearts to God. And we pray. Three times a day. We pray. The Lion's Den Challenge. Once again, church, I'm going to leave you. I'm about to do the altar call. But I want to read again what's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. As the worshipers begin to go up and we begin to play, I read this to you. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name Seek me. Turn away from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and will hear their land. 
One more time for those who are joining us. This is what the lion's den is all about. This is what the challenge is all about. Three times we pray for God to heal our land, to heal our people. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. God said, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send a plague virus among my people, if my people, you, me, if my people who are called by my name as Christians, followers of Jesus, will humble themselves, will forget what they want for once, who forget about everything, about money, about bills, about situations, that they will forget. And they were humble. And pray three times a day, church. And seek my face. And turn away from their wicked ways. I then will hear them from the heavens. And I will forgive their sins. And I will hear their land. Right now, as I do this altar call, I want to remind you of what God wants to do in the middle of all this. He wants to remember the first ministry that He gave you your family. I can't physically know what you're doing or where you are right now. But if God wants us to turn our attentions to our family, to remember our sons and our daughters, our marriages, I need you to grab your family members. I need you to grab your sons and your daughters at this very moment. If they're not with you, bring up a photo or a picture or put them in your mind. God is right there where you're at. But if you have them with you, Let's remember our first ministry. Let's remember what God has called us first. As we gather around and I wait for you, I begin to ask for petitions or for prayers. If you have anything for me to pray, write it down. They will let me know your prayers. If you don't want to share with us and you want God to do it, send a heart. Raise the hand emoji. Let us know and we will pray for you. But at this very moment, church, if you're not writing a petition, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to grab your family members by the hand and we will pray for you. I will begin to pray. We will pray. We have petitions, peace, amen. I will pray. Wisdom, I want to remember the church that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and self-discipline. 
And this very moment, it's not a time to be scared, but it's a time to be wise. It's a time to listen to the authorities. When they say, stay home, stay home. When they say, wash your hands, wash your hands. Let's be wise, church. Let's be disciplined. We have petitions. Omar, for renewing, we hear your brother. Fox, for the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We'll give one more minute for anybody else who has petitions, and I'll begin to pray for you. Remember, this is a time for you to be with your family next to each other. It's not a time to be separated. It's not a time for everybody to be in their rooms separated. God wants to bring us together in unity. God wants to remind you about family. God wants to remind you that he's still God. We have another. Omar for jobs. To restore what? Restore the hearts that are lost. Amen. Well, for our church family. Amen. To not break our faith. Amen. Families. Amen. Let us pray. Wherever you're at, Wildfire family, I want you to bow down your heads. I want you to grab a family member. There is power when we call upon his name. Chains are broken. People are set free. The Bible said, the blind shall see, the mute shall speak, the lame will walk in his name. Let us pray. Father God, in this very moment, we come together. We humble ourselves. We pray. We seek your presence. Just as your word says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek me and turn away from their sins, I will hear them and heal their land and forgive this. And Father, we come humbly right now. We're seeking your presence. We ask you that you forgive our sins, Father. Jesus, forgive our sins. Forgive our sins of pride. Forgive our sins of ego. Forgive our sins of anger and character. Forgive our sins of mistrust. Father, in Jesus' name, heal our hearts of any pain, of any root of, of, of anger. Forgive us, for we have turned away from you, for we have made it about ourselves and not about you. Forgive our sins, Jesus. And now, Father, since we receive forgiveness through Jesus, we ask you, 
heal our land. Heal our people. Let the world know that there's still a God. Let the world know that you are God. I stand before you as a humble servant, just like Moses, interceding for your people. Don't forget your people. Remember the promise you made to Abraham. That everybody who blessed them shall be blessed. And through him many nations shall be blessed. We call upon that blessing. We turn away from our sins. We acknowledge that we're part of your family. Heal our land. Heal our people. Father God, I ask you right now to be the provider for those who need jobs, for those who are bidding hours being cut, for those who may be being laid off. I declare that in Jesus' name that there should be no shortage of food, there should be no shortage of money, I declare that the heavens will open up. But there is no way, God, you will find a way for your people to find provision. Father God, this is the moment where you open up the heavens and you provide monetary-wise to your people. Food, healing in their mental health or emotional health. You are provider. And you will provide. Father God, there's a supernatural blessing happening to your people. Your favor is among your people right now. Yes. I ask for the Prince of Peace to give us peace right now in this moment of desperation, of fear. Yes. Your word says, my peace I leave unto you. Not the peace that the world gives, but my peace. Father God, we declare that peace right now upon the people. The world is in chaos and we find no peace in the world, but in you, in you we find peace in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the storms in our life and the waves might be rocky. Let you be the captain on our boat right now. Let you be the captain of my family right now. Let you be the captain of my household right now. Let you be the captain on our jobs right now. Let you be guiding us in the middle of the storm, Father God, while we rest, Father God. Let you stand right now and calm the storm. Let the wave be silent in the presence of the Lord. Let the winds quiet down in the presence of the Lord and let your peace reign among your people. Let the peace wash over them right now, Jesus. I ask you, Father, I pray for the wildfire family and the families all around the world. And I also pray for your Holy Spirit to come down with us. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place. I feel the presence of the Lord. Just at that moment, the world was in chaos before creation. The world is in chaos right now. 
said in Genesis 1 that the Spirit of the Lord was upon the waters. And right now in the middle of the chaos, the Holy Spirit is in your midst right now. He is hovering right now over your family, over you right now, where you're at right now. I need you to close your eyes and get connected because the Spirit of the Lord is doing something. It's about to begin to open doors. It's about to speak fire and clean any contamination. It's about to clean any virus that's around you. The fire of the Lord will burn everything away. I ask that in Jesus' name, Holy Spirit, right now, be with your people. Unite your people. Take care of your people. I declare victory, church. As we worship, as the worship begins to sing, I want you to take your time worshiping God. Because worship in spirit and truth leads to breaking chains. Leads for people to find freedom. As I leave and let the worship team take over, worship together, church. I want to leave you with this. Be calm. Do not panic. Do not be dismayed. The Lord says, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? To that, do not dismay, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord is with you, church, wherever you go. He has a powerful giant. He's lifting up banners for you in victory. Do not worry. Do not panic. Wildfire Church is with you. We are with you. God is with you. In Jesus' name. Let's worship together.
Jesus. For what? Tell him. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yeah. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Yeah. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army. There's an army rising up. Come on, raise your hand and tell you.
I want you at this moment to declare it in your house. Break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, every chain. Every chain of sickness. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. To break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Let's declare there's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. 